Hello and welcome to Six Impossible Things. I am thrilled to welcome you to a series of interviews that I hope will make a brilliant addition to this podcast. It's important to me that we hear from creatives from all walks of life. So I am fortunate to connect with a range of people who are at different stages in their creative paths. We will talk with crafters, visual artists, both emerging and established, art teachers, and with people who are just venturing into a new creative hobby. Everyone deserves to have their voices heard. So join me in appreciating and supporting all of their efforts equally and with kindness. Today's artist was born in Santiago de Chile. She is a graphic designer who has a deep love for handmade traditional skills. She feels at home among pencils and paper and paint and has a special place in her heart for embroidery. In this conversation, she underscores her love for illustration and collage, particularly in regards to children's literature. She finds inspiration in these stories and through imaginative play, she manages the stress of, well, being human. I can't think of a better, more graceful way of dealing with the ups and downs of daily life. Let's share a few minutes together while we chat about things that are beautiful, painful on occasion, but also amusing, meaningful, and even funny. This is a peek at Tamara's corner of Wonderland. Hello and welcome again to uh, Six Impossible Things. And today we're going to just plunge right in and I'm going to say hello to our guest. So hi, Tamara. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, so today we're going to talk about a lot of different things because you have a very interesting practice. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. What kind of creative practice do you actually have? I yeah I dabble in a lot of things but now I'm focusing mainly on collage and embroidery and kind of trying to get them both together mm. and um, this was my my mistake we know that your name is Tamara but that's about all we know about you at the <laughs> moment so why don't you tell us a little bit about where you live and what you do for a living etc Okay, so yes, I was born in Chile, in Santiago, and actually lived there my whole life until we moved here to North Carolina, like five years ago. I moved here with my husband, my two boys, and we live in Chapel Hill. So being here was like a big change, a good change, and it also gave me time that I used to not have so much back home um, where I was working as a graphic designer mm -hmm. and I can't work here so I had like the excuse to actually develop what I really like and enjoy doing as, a, as an artist I'm trying to think of myself as an artist <laughs> <laughs> you can think of yourself as Whatever you wish, yeah. I think. And uh, <laughs> I think that you're very much an artist, so no problems there. I think you should think of yourself as an artist. Um, and it's very interesting. I didn't know that you were a graphic designer when you were back in Chile. Yes. Mm. Yes. Designing like magazines and mostly corporate things. Uh -huh. And... But I loved like that, like layout design with books, and so that was my favorite kind of work that we did. But mm -hmm. then it was too much computer, too much everything, too mm -hmm. absorbing, and and I needed to get back to working with my hands. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got to embroidery. At some point, it was like the first thing that I managed to do. 
It seems like well, the complete opposite. Yes, it is. And that's what, that's what, what I needed. I mm. mean, it's kind of absorbing. I used to do things since I was little. I've always liked arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. And and I actually did many collages when I was a teenager <laughs> with magazines and, and things. And then I studied graphic design and, and in school you still like in college I can still do like a lot of things I kind of mixed up with photography and collage and use them as tools. But then working in a more corporate environment. Uh, it's it's hard to use mm. those things. So it seems like I have a lot to learn from you when it comes to layout and typography because I know very very little about it, and <laughs> I'd like to know more. Um, so maybe we can talk later. Um, do you do you currently have a studio? Do you have a working space? I have a working space here for the first time in oof, in. A long time because we used to live in apartments and everything and now we live in a house and the dining room is my studio for those of you who are not spanish speakers i know what boof means it oh, means so- a long time <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah. yeah, so i understood boof i'm like okay <laughs> a long time yeah uh-huh. <laughs> that's wonderful so you have a, a nice working space that you can dedicate to your um you know to your practice Yes, and it's it's made a difference, especially because I have two kids. So when when I didn't have like a dedicated space, in the end, I I never did anything like for a long period of time because then mm-hmm. you always have to pick up, and I'm kind of a messy <laughs> messy worker. Mm-hmm. So I like to spread out. So now that I can do it, it it's been really great, and it has helped me a lot. It seems like you follow the same the same method that I have, which is the I've I've said it before, it's the oil slick method where you just start spreading and you spread yes. and things start getting bigger and there's paper everywhere and you know, in your case perhaps other supplies. But yeah, I am very messy as well, yes. I have to say. Mm. Um, sometimes that doesn't work to my advantage either because I'm looking for things and I can't find anything. And that's when I know I need to regroup. Um, so, you know, you said that you started making collage when you were a teenager or that you, you know, dabbled in collage when you were a teenager. Um, how did that happen? How did you start making collage? I think I think it was an assignment, kind of an art class in ah. high school. It It's totally different from what I do now. Uh, but but that's how it started, and then I kind of did lots of collage with family pictures and gave them to my parents or my grandparents. Mm. I, like I did collage for my notebook covers. <laughs> so and and then I used it also in a similar way with magazine cutouts when I was in college for some. Mm projects that we did i mean it seems to me like you have a a long experience with collage but i know that you do other things as well so that has translated into or brought you to other practices as well there's some overlap there yeah yeah like i like i told you before i stopped doing things (laughs) with my hands for a long time between kids and my work Mm -hmm. And graphic design so it was it came to a point that I just needed something to relax yes yeah, something something tangible something relaxing I imagine that working with a computer is so different the skills that you need it's, than when you're working with your hands on an embroidery for instance yeah it's very different so I started I did a lot of workshops with different teachers back then uh, I also started sewing a bit, and I I did some things with my sister where we did some patchwork, and we kind of started mixing mixing it up, and and then at some point, like how I really got to where I'm right now is that uh, there was a workshop 
that uh, an illustrator back in Santiago did that was for people that had no experience in illustration. It was mostly to like a very laid back workshop. We were, I think, four or five. And the goal was to make a short picture book just for us. And what was your, your book about? It was about my kids because mm -hmm. at that point, so my youngest was now 11. He has fragile X syndrome, which we didn't know at the time. And but so that that means that there's developmental delays and uh, no health issues, mm. thankfully. But uh, so at that point, that was 2015. We were just like dealing with all the diagnosis processes and talking mm. to one doctor, and no one knew what was going on. He didn't speak. He was and he didn't speak he communicated but he didn't say any words mm. so the book is about that it helped me and if I needed something to help me process what was going on so the book is about both my boys and how they communicated and how they lived through this with with him not talking Mm, that's fascinating. Um, and uh, it did help you quite a bit, I imagine. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite projects. And and that's how I fell in love with children's book illustrations. <laughs> yeah, I love children's book. I, I, yeah. I mean, I have them. I buy them now and my kids are in their 30s. Yes. Me. And I still buy them. And people think that's I'm good. buying them for a gift. But no, I'm buying them for myself. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I have like a huge picture book library and, and it's mine. It's not my kids. <laughs> yeah, no, it's mine too. And I can, don't touch it. It's mine. Don't touch it. That book needs to stay <laughs> pristine. I look at things. I love illustration. It's it's really one of my favorite things to, to look at. And it's not just so much. I've always said that I'm, um, I mean, I love the stories, of course, but whether it's a traditional story, you know, a story that's been told a million times before, I like to have it illustrated by different illustrators, and um, or it's maybe it's a new a new story altogether. You know, some something that um, the illustrator created himself. You know, people who write and illustrate their own books. Yeah. So um, I, I like them all. I um, I know you know I have some of some favorites, but we'll keep that we'll keep that to ourselves at the well, moment. Well, I have. <laughs> collection that you probably will love i have a collection of alice in wonderland Ooh, and i saw that you have a very very nice collage that you made a while back ago of alice in wonderland inspired by alice in wonderland and he has a little tiny white bunny ah. and i love it i love it i love it i just wanted to like touch it Ding. <laughs> since i enjoy picture books most of my re reference references yes yeah so most of my references uh, come from there and I love Eric Carl mm -hmm. that, and actually I think that's how I started using painted paper I hadn't realized that that's what he did and in one of these illustrated book workshops that I did we talked about several different illustrators that used different collage techniques oh. and then as an exercise, we had to do one page from our book, like in the way of Eric Carl or in the way of Sarah Fanelli, and to find like what what you really liked. And in the beginning, I fell in love with Sarah Fanelli, that I still think mm -hmm. she's amazing. And and then, so the first one, the one that I did with my kids, was in a different language that I use now because I still didn't paint my own papers. Like in the beginning, I thought that was like a lot of work. <laughs> and then I did a second workshop with the same teacher, another small picture book. And, and that time I did get into the painted paper and, and I loved it because mm -hmm. just the, just like making the actual painted papers is such a mindful and kind of wonderful practice and and you start seeing textures and and I love that. 
And another one of my favorites is Anna Jennings. Mm. She did, and she writes and illustrates her own book. Both, yeah. And I love how she works. It's so kind of quirky and fun and seems so loose. I have a lot of different books. I was just thinking as you were explaining, of course, I have books by Eric Carl. Some of them I purchased when my kids were little, of course, because, you know, he's been he's been around for such a long time. Yeah. He was around for such a long time, rather. But um, I discovered while my kids were still, you know, in school and they were still interested in me reading anything to them. Um, Lane Smith and John Sieska. One is a writer, the other one is the illustrator. And what I love about their work is the, the sense of humor. They have this extremely dark sense of humor. It's a little bit like Roald Dahl, okay. but um, really dark sense of humor that you wouldn't think kids would, you know, pick up or, but it's absolutely hilarious. The kind of book that you sit there to read and you don't think, oh my God, I have to go through this book one more time. You know, again, I can't believe I have to read this again. It's it's delightful. Every time I read it and every time I read them, because I still have them, of course, and I've purchased new uh, copies, um, you know, recently actually of some of them. I, I have a wonderful time. They're so funny. I, I remember three of my favorite titles that I was, that just came to mind while you were speaking are... Um, the Stinky Cheese Man, <laughs> uh, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, which is hilarious. I think your kids will love that one. And Squids Will Be Squids. They are so funny. And the the illustrations are a little bit, well, it, it depends on the book because the style changes somewhat, which I appreciate because, you know, instead of the cookie cutter all the time the same, you know, there are variations. And I like that. Um but they're fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. Not only the concept, but the detail and the color and just everything about them. The the images themselves are humorous. It doesn't have to, you just don't have to rely on the text only. They are superb. I, I really recommend everybody gets those books and, you know, read them because they're funny, funny, funny for adults and for kids both. So Check them out. And, and of course, they have many others. So, um, another one that I have is called Bologna. Um, you know, and uh, what else? Uh, uh, math Curse, which, I, I mean, I, I am terrible at math. I am so, <laughs> I mean, I have arrested development at fourth grade math. I'm terrible. I can do percentages in my head. It's very interesting, but I can't do anything else. I can't do a fraction to save my life. And I bought Math Curse, you know, just to read to my kids so that they would, <laughs> I wouldn't pass along this fear of math, you know, to <laughs> them. I would make it fun and I would make it interested. And it's a fantastic book. It's a fantastic book. Wonderful illustrations too. Yeah. So um, I'm going into a tangent here because as you can see, I do love picture books. So um, <laughs> do, you, do you still make any digital work or do you do mostly analog now? No, I, I mean, I don't do anything digital, actually. I just use it as a tool to kind of to retouch some some things when I scan them. There are sometimes when I'm doing, like, illustrations with faces, mm -hmm. I will do the actual face. <laughs> then I, I draw it uh, on Procreate, so it's easier if I make a mistake. Mm-hmm to to try and but but usually it's just that it's just retouching i like working with the actual papers and watercolor and i love color pencils kind of as I, uh, I was gonna say you know one of my favorite things too i think we have more than one thing in common but i am very jealous that you know how to use procreate i can't even say it procreate but you know <laughs> let alone use it <laughs> I don't really like. I don't know much about it, <laughs> but for what I need, uh, I still, yeah. But it's it's kind of a goal to learn to use it more. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a mystery that I think at my age I'm I, I'm not willing to put the time. I just don't have the energy either, yeah. you know, to to unravel that mystery. I don't even know how to use Photoshop, so imagine that. <laughs> so it's a disaster. But I do love using old-fashioned color pencils. I think pencil illustrations, you know, I, I think a lot of people think kind of like with traditional collage that they're a bit outdated and a bit redundant now that we have you know computer programs that can replicate every single surface and every type of line but i think there's nothing like it how, how do you feel about pencil illustrations how I, do you use it i love it i wish i i was better at it <laughs> but i love color pencils i love them and I don't just like mainly draw on that, but I use them a lot for shading afterwards. So I have like the paper cut collage and then I would use the pencils on top of that. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, there's nothing like it. I love color pencils and actually like opening your tin box and seeing oh. all the colors in there. And it <laughs> smells good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I really like it. I, I use lots of, like I mix it up. I use Posca markers, oh. like uh, fine liners, watercolor pencils, but uh, like in my sketchbook, and I I do use ink, and it yeah, it has a different kind of quality to it. It's it's different. It's just another material. I like everything. I I try everything actually. Like that super, is that is such a wonderful yeah. attitude. <laughs> Yeah. I think. I think we should all try everything, even procreate. Yeah, I thought I would use it much more than I do, but in the end I still prefer doing it by hand and then just finishing it up digitally. I I I do everything by hand and uh yeah, even though my eyesight is not so good, but I wouldn't know how to do anything else, really. It, you have to have a set of skills that, for instance, I don't have, and that's it's good to use for certain things. But it seems like we both lean towards more the traditional analog type of of approach. Definitely. Yeah. So um, when you are making collages, you said that you were uh, at some point making collages in the style of Eric Carl and some other illustrators with papers but that you didn't make your own paper for a while you didn't print it you didn't color it where do you find your images how do you source them now i i have like a like a huge stack of painted paper that i've collected over the years and sometimes i go like to my stack and sometimes I just paint new ones according to the color palette I have in my head. But that's what I do. I I I just paint everything. I mean, I paint all the papers and I don't use magazine hardly ever or or other printed pictures. So so really any kind of paper that I can get my hands on. I use a lot of newsprint paper because when I when I'm working I have like the table I work over newsprint paper so then that paper I use it afterwards too if it ah that's a good. very good idea I see because you clean your tools or maybe yeah. if you have ah I see and then it takes on the paint and it creates patterns and that's interesting it layers um so do the themes that you choose to work with translate or move from embroidery to collage to illustration? Do you use the same themes or are they in separate containers, so to speak? They used to be totally separate containers. Mm. But last year, I've been, I mean, even now, we have like a, a group that's run by an Argentinian textile artist. And that group has kind of evolved through many different things. We talked a, a lot about women textile artists, women artists overall, and I don't need to keep them separate. Mm. Like they don't have to be two different things. Sometimes they will be, but sometimes they won't. And 
and so last year was like a huge year for me in my art practice, mainly thanks to this group. Mm. I went back to my roots, so to speak. Mm. And instead of focusing so much on children's illustration that I love, but I don't I always felt kind of the pressure that why am I doing is this like some like what if I never publish a book? And and then it was that kind of weighed me like it was it bothered me Mm. it didn't let me kind of fully enjoy it and Mm. then I started kind of digging deep in themes that I've always loved and that have always attracted me like more symbolic things like mythology and and as I love working with personal issues like for example my kids disability mm-hmm. so and my own growth so I've started kind of mixing it up and looking more to for example thanks to this workshop I discovered the work of Leonora Carrington oh yes and I just fell in love with that and I used to love surrealism when I was um, in high school probably in art and mm-hmm. but but I I didn't know her, and and all and her work is amazing, and I've been able to kind of use one and the other. Sometimes I do a little embroidery on paper, or I mix up. For example, I'm working now on something that I'm I printed on fabric, some watercolor, like circles that I painted. Mm-hmm. So then I scan them and then I print them on transfer paper and I and I'm embroidering on the fabric on the watercolor like picture. Oh. So it's it's been great kind of to move to a more I don't know intimate practice kind of more for me and not for everyone else. That is that is so interesting yeah. and it seems like the work that you're doing now is so involved and it requires time and it requires persistence and you go back and it's kind of a lot of reflection, right? It is. And that's been, I think that's been the best part, actually, which, I mean, I'm, I'm 42 and it took me 40 years to get here. <laughs> so, and, and like thinking about your history and everything, it, it's uh, for me it's been great i mean some artists work with that some artists don't that's fine that's fine but but for me it has been really great at this point and to kind of give it new life and new motivation that i sometimes was finding hard to find so it's been really good and and my teacher in this workshop she's the one that kind of told me like you don't need to separate them like you can do both of them together in different ways sometimes it will be more embroidery sometimes it will be more paper collage like mm-hmm. and mix it up different techniques like that I had never thought about transferring like my paintings to a fabric and then <laughs> embroider and then maybe scan it again and printed on paper I don't know like you can go back and forth and do so many layers that it's it's really awesome it reminds me of a fish almost you're like swimming through the water you go back and forth back and forth you swim through different currents you know and then you're free to go in any direction that you want yes exactly I love your metaphors they're so beautiful thank you so much I'm working hard And that's been interesting, kind of, for example, I had totally forgotten how drawn I was to mythology and fairy tales, like actually forgotten something that was so important for me for so many years. So did you, did you used to read fairy tales when you were little? Yes. But fairy tales are quite harsh and sometimes scary. Um, But I guess it's exactly what you were explaining. You know, you look back. And there are all kinds of things. There are things that are happy. And yes, artists 
decide. You know, you have to make choices. What is it that you want to work with? What resonates with you the most? Maybe it is some specific difficulties that you've had or an event, you know, and it could have been a very happy event or it could have been a very sad an awful event. So you, you get to pick, you get to choose. And I guess it depends what you want to get out of the work. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, some people make very happy, very decorative, very colorful, very upbeat work. And some other people don't. And um, that has to be respected. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you have to create first and foremost for yourself, I imagine. I mean, that's what I think, at least. Yeah, me too. And that's what I've been trying to do this past year. And it's been, it's been freeing. No, I, I understand. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, right now because of health issues. I'm just going through a tremendous block, a really dry patch. And it's a terrible feeling. It's a very unsettling feeling. Um, but I can exactly relate to what you're saying. That you need some things, um, you know, to sometimes you need to let go of certain things to feel lighter. And uh, yeah, yeah, I move on in a different direction. And that's what I'm trying to do right now as well. So I don't know if I will be as uh, successful as you have been because I've seen your work and it's really delightful and really, it makes me smile. So (laughs) thank you. um, I don't know if I'll get there but i'll try (laughs) so um you know i'm a complete going back to the embroidery because you mentioned that you do it on paper that you do it on fabric and that you're doing all these things and now it it tends to go back and forth and make its appearance in different places um you know i'm a complete neophyte i don't know how to embroider at all what kind of supplies do you need to make an embroidered piece like like the ones that you make fabric thread <laughs> a needle and a hoop oh that. there you go and then some time and some yeah. dedication i imagine as well and i guess i mean i don't really know like a very formal technique i mean i know some stitches and and that but i started embroidering with a very freestyle approach mm-hmm not a technical approach, which was what kind of took the fear out of it because like I always thought you needed to like know how to do it. I've had really good teachers, like by chance I bumped and the first teacher when I started embroidery, I don't think I've ever, I don't remember if I ever had embroidered before that, but my sister signed up for some workshop and she was like, join me and it was very very like that like don't let your kind of rational mind stop you from doing something because you think that you don't know how to do it that you're doing it wrong or just like do it and kind of work work on the way it that just like do it start doing it that was kind of the mm-hmm. the main thing and that's an approach that I'm trying to use all the time. Like, just do it. Because if you tend, like, I tend to think a lot. I think in circles. I think in, I don't know, I think in tornadoes. Like, my mind (laughs) goes in a thousand different ways, more ideas, and then I get super stuck on the research phase, as I call it. Or, like, looking for resources or sketching. And then I never kind of move it forward to an actual finished piece mm-hmm. so I try to remember that approach like just do it and and if it's not perfect then maybe do it again or I don't know cut it up and transform it and and that's been super useful for me mm. because I, I was yeah like I was a perfectionist no scratch that it's not perfectionism <laughs> it's just like you have an idea, like you have a set expectation and you imagine that your finished work will, will look like, <laughs> I don't know, like a Anna Yena's picture book page. And it doesn't, not in the first or the second or the third try. So stop trying to think so much about the end product. Uh-huh. Yeah, and learn something on the way. Yeah, because if not, I, I didn't even start. 
that happens to me a lot yeah. and I think that's a little bit of what's happening at the moment as well and like I remember like people say like make art every day even if it's like just five minutes mm. and I <laughs> I found that so stressful it was like no I, I, that's not something I can do there are days that I don't do anything mm. that happens for different reasons like yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that you're struggling like with your health that's harder but I mean, I was, I spent a year, like 2021, I don't think I did, like, I can sort of talk about it now and laugh about it. But yeah. It, it was terrible. But we, it was. That, December 2020, we spent Christmas at the hospital with my kid. He had like a huge seizure. He'd never had one oh, before. Oh, no. And he's never had one since, but it was huge. So like, he, we had to call 911 and ambulance and whatever. It was the scariest thing ever ever and that year after that I couldn't do anything like I tried to sit down with my sketchbook and nothing like nothing but really nothing I've never felt like that that nothing came I wanted to do things like I needed it but I just couldn't so do you think do you think that when you're in an extreme situation like that you know when your child is in the hospital I just think that you kind of build a wall and you try to say, I try to separate. It's just like, it's better that you don't feel anything. And when you don't feel anything, it's really hard to make things. It's really hard to create because if you're, if you have a void, if you have an emptiness, if you have a nothingness, you know, that is taking over you, what is it that you have to you know give and what is it that you have to offer there's a i don't know nothing goes in nothing comes out you know it's it's very strange it's a vacuum it's a it, vacuum that's how it felt and it was so weird and between between covid and this so yeah. i was with him at home every single day because there was no school <laughs> then the first yeah like the first month after that he was recovering he was super anxious like he didn't want to leave the room he was so afraid because he didn't really understand what had happened so it was it was hard on everyone of course and no i it's like no like what i need right now is different so you're kind of grieving or or tired or super anxious and what i needed was to just do nothing and be with him and kind of keep life going in the best way we could but and then suddenly it was gone and i could do it again i mean suddenly after after know, a long after time a year, yeah. yeah after you went through the whole process then yeah. it was gone yeah that's yeah. that's how it works nothing happens like instantaneously right yeah. um you know it's interesting that you mentioned uh, before that uh, you do patchwork because all these experiences, all these things that you're telling me about, and I'm thinking of my own experience, it is when you look back and you reflect on things a little bit like a patchwork. It's a little bit like a quilt, you know, where you have little squares and each square is a little snapshot of something that happened. So yeah. it's, um, it's an interesting, um, source of inspiration, one that probably we wish we didn't have to go through one you probably wish was not there at all, <laughs> perhaps. Um, you know, because nobody wants to learn from bad experiences, clearly. I don't wish it on anyone. Um, but um, it's, it is nonetheless uh, a source of inspiration, as sad yeah. as it can be, you know? It is. And I, in the end, like there's always something that you can go through life without having any challenges or hard times mm. so yeah. yeah then then you can use them <laughs> for some, yeah i suppose that the it thing takes is a while. <laughs> it takes a while to be able to do it i think yeah. it's uh you know i didn't i didn't speak about my health until just a few years ago at all it was all rainbows and butterflies you know and uh very few people knew that i was ill at all and it's been 19 years and actually, um, my current chronic pain problem reverts to when I was a baby because I was born with a genetic predisposition to it. I 
oh. genetic problem. So there was nothing. I mean, eventually it was going to catch up with me, you know, yeah. and it did. <laughs> so um, I did never, I never let people see it. Let people, you know, It was never, I didn't want it to be a factor. I didn't want it to be representative of who I was. And are. suddenly I didn't want it to be part of my work, but I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I mean, you can't help to be who you are, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to work with what you got. Even if you try to play with somebody else's cards, it's just not going to come out really well. And certainly not going to be honest because, you know, I'm not an influencer. I don't need to like pretend that I don't have a belly and, uh, you know, get <laughs> my best angle every time I take a picture, you know, it's like, that's not who I am. And, um, I really wouldn't want to be that person anyway. When when you're talking about art making, when you're talking about creating, being creative, and this is, you know, this is the core of what the podcast is about. You know, it's like, where does creativity come from? Well, it comes from a a, a number of places, and uh, this is one of them. You know, it's um, struggles and pain and disappointments and things like that. Well, it it, it can come from places like that. It doesn't have yeah. to be just happy places, which can be, of course, and more power to you. If that's all you've experienced. Fantastic. But um, we should be able to speak about the other side, the, the maybe a little bit darker side of things. We should be able to utilize those experiences as well. You know, those experiences, I think. And talked about them. I think that, yeah, like using them, talking about them making art with them if you want to. But I I totally get what you're saying. I grew up in a family where everyone was always all right. <laughs> We're all right. Yeah, everyone's all right. I, I grew up with a disabled sister, so we were not always all right, like, at all. And I'm just, like, as an adult, trying to unlearn that thing. Like, actually, no, I'm not all right, and that's okay, and... And I can talk about it or I can do nothing if I don't want to today because something, whatever happened, I don't know. But it's hard. It's very hard. So I'm hoping things are changing now. I, I hope they are too. Because uh, for a moment there when we were just talking earlier about you just got to do it. You just get in there and start embroidering. Because one of the things about embroidery, going back to the original conversation about um, your your embroidery work, um, is that I, I've always felt that just like with Procreate and other, other things that I am completely ignorant about is that I always feel like there's this huge rule book that I'm not aware of, you know, it's somewhere. I haven't read it. I don't know what, <laughs> what it says and I don't know anything about it. And it's like really a really heavy, you know, thing. And uh, it kind of stops me uh from from trying things sometimes you know thinking i don't know the rules i don't know i'm not doing it by the rules i'm not doing the right thing and then you know and then i i, I reach a point as you very well expressed earlier where i just said what the heck just do it right and see what comes out and we're not sponsored by nike i need to no. make that clear <laughs> it's not just do it because uh, every time i say it <laughs> we're getting money um it, it really <laughs> is the way of just plowing through all those doubts and all those problems right when when you sit down and and you're like so now what you're right so yeah it's um it's an interesting conundrum. I think it happens to every artist at some point or another. And it probably it happens many, many times. For yeah, sure. I, I enjoy the, the middle part sometimes more than the finished finish product. Yeah, the process. And, yeah. and, and seeing at the process of others is very interesting. Mm. The, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like saying that. And you learn or sometimes it's just, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh. I've been doing that wrong all along. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I should have done done it like that. Or I wonder what it is that, you know, that tip that they're using for gluing. And the other day somebody had like um like a covering on their finger and they were putting the glue down. It's like a little um rubbery finger cut and a little, you know, covering on their 
finger and they were just like putting down the glue with that and I was like oh, wow. what is that you know and I had to look at it several times and then I realized oh so they're like taking the glue with their finger and then they're just applying it with their fingertip in the back of, of you know this element that they cut and they're just <laughs> like moving it around and I'm like ah you know I that's interesting I really like seeing those things I I wish I knew uh, I, I mean I, I wish I could share how chaotic my own uh, processes but I just lack the skills to make a proper reel so I'm so sorry everyone <laughs> you're just gonna have to trust me that it's really chaotic and I make a lot of mistakes and I throw a lot of things away oh. and you know I have a ha I have a bonfire outside in the garden every so often and things like that so <laughs> you're gonna have to trust me on that one um you know I mean we've talked a, a lot and originally the conversation was going to be more about the technical aspect of making art, but it actually ended up being about what it is that, you know, propels you in that direction. What, what it is that you draw from when you want to be creative or when you need to be creative. So, um, your suggestion of just going forward, moving forward, if you've never you know, done anything artistic or creative, moving forward with YouTube videos or books or tutorials or maybe classes. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Um, do you have any other suggestions for someone, someone who is a newcomer? Who wishes maybe to start collage in particular? Because one of, it's one of the things that you enjoy the most. Yeah. I would say, Look for references and resources, but not too much. <laughs> mm. Don't get like stuck on that. Maybe have, I don't know, one or two people that you like how they work and, and observe that and start working from there. Not like to copy it, but to just kind of get you going. Mm -hmm. And, but for me, I think classes and, now that, yeah, like for me, in-person classes were the best. Mm. So if anyone has like the chance to do a class with other people, that kind of feeds you, <laughs> feeds you is that way to say, I don't know. But it's, it's helpful to be with other people in the same room doing the same thing, but in a very different way or just talk about it and and that helps in in so many ways, even mm -hmm. if you are just starting. So I would suggest that if it's possible or if it's something that you like. For me, that was like the game changer always. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit of what I try to do with the podcast is just create a little bit of community. There are people that, you know, feel hesitant. Or maybe that's a little, this is a little tiny push, you know, that will them on on their way to look for things and learn things and try you know stuff that they haven't tried before so yeah always think that it's it's just for you <laughs> like if you don't like it no one has to see it so it doesn't matter if it's ugly at first like we all started somewhere like uh -huh. the first collage that i made wasn't great so i still make horrible things sometimes or like terrible color decisions i don't know <laughs> yeah i do too i do too Pardon. actually <laughs> yeah and uh, that's true not everything has to be instagram ready right no no it doesn't i think for all that instagram instagram help us it also makes us feel that everything has to be perfect or that you has, have to show everything you don't have to show it to anyone you just have to do it because you like it yeah, it's it's a bit um, stressful for me, the Instagram. I yeah. Like if I haven't posted anything for a week or a week and a half, and right now I'm coming up to a, about that, um, I think, oh, I haven't put anything up there. <laughs> and I really don't have to, you know, you know, in the end, it's just um, not that important that I show what I'm doing or what I'm not doing, actually, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, maybe I should just make a picture of my socks because that's just basically what I'm looking at the most these days. 
Yeah. Or something like that, you know. Do you have any any upcoming projects that you're working on or do you ever do collaborations or anything like that? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Let's move no, on. I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't not not because I don't want to. It's just that it hasn't really come out. Uh I always have like with my best friend in Chile, she's a writer. We always have this uh, projects in mind where she writes and I illustrate, but it's so hard to make the time to actually make it a reality, but that's kind of always there. <laughs> so oh. that would be a, a like a dream collaboration for me. Well, um, I, I hope it comes true. I, I, uh, I mean, I can I see that that would be a fantastic thing to do, <laughs> especially yeah. with your friend, you know? Yeah, with the friends forever like literally since we were eight so yeah but it's hard it's hard but we'll get to that and projects oh i always have like a thousand projects in my head of which maybe one actually sees <laughs> the light mm -hmm. but i'm working on on some like mostly portraits i think i would say it's like kind of self-portraits maybe but like in a very abstract way mixing embroidery and watercolor mm. and paper you'll see them <laughs> that sounds brilliant i can't wait to see them interesting yeah. i mm. hope they actually take shape <laughs> they will eventually little by little i suppose yeah. when they need to you know when they're ready i suppose yeah. when you're ready yeah but That's... i'm sketching them i'm working on sketches on references and and i love this part that's the thing this is where I get stuck. <laughs> you get stuck on the research. I often do as well because there's so much to research and uh, yeah. it, it takes you, I mean, so many branches. So it's like climbing a tree. You never, you know, you never get to the top of the tree. There's so many things and so many amazing stories and things to learn. But yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that will take shape this year. I've been working on that for a couple of months and and that's and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well that's lovely. I hope it does because I want to see them now. Yeah. So um well we're getting to the to the end of the conversation and I've had a great time learning about all the different things that you make. I think that you are exceptionally well-rounded as an artist and <laughs> I so enjoy looking at your creations. I really do. So thank you so much for sharing with us today, Tamara. And uh, for more information about her work, please check the notes for this episode. I'm Matt Collage, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes and visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.